I have somebody very special here, and I'm going to tell you, we just met. But this man comes with a high recommendation with everybody so far that's introduced me. It's like, you have no idea who this gentleman is. And I'm like, apparently not, but I guess I need to know. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your name. I hope I get it right because I'm just Pastor Todd Coconado. You said it right. Oh, yes, I did. You did. Man, that's pretty big because most people don't. So right there, uh, we're, we're starting gonna, off gonna, well. <laughs> truth, truth be known, I practiced a little bit before you got here. I, I had to read through it. But yeah. All right. So, Patriots, this is Pastor Todd Coconado. And... I'm going to be honest, I, we have not even talked, but all I know is people keep saying, this man is like, you're going to talk to somebody that understands God. And I'm like, if I've got somebody in the house that understands God, and Jesus and I just had a fantastic drive out here, yes, I'm ready to, let's have a conversation. Thank you. Yes. All right. So welcome, first Thank of all. Thank you. What's well, an honor, Scott. Thank you, man, for having me. I've heard the same about you. Everybody says, you got to meet this man. He loves the <laughs> Lord. And I really feel like that God is connecting the remnant in this hour. You know, he's really connecting like-minded believers. It's a very urgent hour. It is. If I may, yeah. I, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to hijack this interview with this, but I, I want to I read to you. I'm on a, God put me on this thing, what I would call a Patri- uh, Paul Revere ride. Okay. Okay. And, and with this process, I've got there's 12 people he's put on my heart to deliver a Bible to. Okay. And some need it. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But this are, these are the five things that are kind of in the messaging that I'm pushing out. And okay. then I think we can just go and let this conversation go. Yeah. One is we, we've got to get right with Christ, yes. but not just in terms of Christ, but also our accountability for where we are as a nation. Yes. I think yes. that's important, right? Yes. The other is we need to pray for Trump. Yes. Because he's the one man that through a single tweet, I swear he could change the world. That's right. And you, can you imagine a repenting president that would pray and the, what that would mean? It would mean the world because the world is watching. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, and then we've got number three, which is first nations and last nations must heal. Come on, man. Isn't this you're, beautiful? You're bringing tears to my eyes. <laughs> and Patriots, he's not kidding. This is beautiful <laughs> to watch. You know that you know that Jesus is here when you start seeing tears like this. I've had him this whole trip. I'm telling you, and we'll talk more about that. <laughs> and then we've got sow seeds, not just physically but spiritually. That's right. And to literally grow your food and sow seeds. Yes. Right? Yes. And then number five is we must return to nurturing our children and our elderly. Yes. I mean, that's our wisdom class. Yes. Right. So I want to know about you. I mean, you just got, that's our little thing. We're kind of, that's, we will get back to that, but tell me a little bit about you. Cause look, anybody that gets this type of excitement going with people <laughs> I know, I'm like, all right, well, let's hear about it. Talk to me about you. Yeah. I mean, I can sit here and say so many amazing things. We're seeing revival happening. Praise God. But you know, there's a lot of people that are listening to what I call the modern day prophets of Baal, which are the fake news media. And, and <laughs> they great. listen yeah. to that and they get really discouraged. You know, they think, you know, the world is, you know, it's just a mess and it is. But God is moving in the middle of all this. And so I have a very unique perspective. We just baptized 400 people out in New York uh, last week. Um, Wow. Just amazing. Uh, You know, I was just up last night at a church called House of David. We saw the Spirit of God moving. So the Lord is moving in in it. And I've been in ministry for about 20 plus years, but I've never seen it like this, Scott, where the harvest is so ripe and people are so hungry. And I really believe we're on the cusp of a very powerful move of God, probably before the Lord returns, you know, maybe the great end time awakening movement of God. Right. But I really believe that's what's happening. And so I would say, you know, don't be discouraged in the middle of this because God will turn it around for his glory. And that's what I believe he's doing. You know, if Donald Trump would have just got right back in, 
and been president for a second term, I really believe a lot of the things that are happening right now wouldn't be happening because there's an expose. There's a lot of people that have come to know Jesus even in this time period. And so God is using this for his glory, even though it's very difficult to go through. And of course, it's egregious for us as believers to watch and see all these things happening. But at the same time, the Spirit of the Lord is moving and people are coming back, the prodigals, the misfits, uh, people that, you know, the church wasn't leaving the four walls for a long time. You know, we stopped doing evangelism and discipleship and there's just a lot of things. You know, I call it the skinny jeans and lattes and fog machines nonsense, you know, but it became kind of like a, a show. You know, and, and I really believe God is shaking the body of Christ right now and, and shaking the church in order to get the bride ready, you know, a bride without spot nor wrinkle and pulling out the leaven and pulling out the compromise and pulling out all this stuff that was man-driven and really allowing the Spirit of God to move. So it's an exciting time right now. It really is. So talk to me a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'm, I don't like to talk about myself. Well, you, this, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is the, this is the Bards interview. Ah. So here's what we, I like to get to know people. Yes, and I like people to get to know people. Okay. Right. And that means we all have a, we all have a richness. Oh, we have a story. We do. And I have plenty. I mean, I like getting thrown in jail for 20 days without charge. I, I tell that story a lot. I mean, that, you talk about getting broken, right? Yes. So. You grew up in L.A., right? I did. I was a child actor. I was okay. involved in Hollywood. Um, I really believe God allowed me to see a lot of what was going on out there. I was not a believer at the time. Uh, you know, we, my mom got me in at about eight years old. Uh, I saw the Disney machine. I saw a lot of the stuff that people talk about, and they say, well, is that really happening? I witnessed it firsthand, and there is a lot of the things that people have, you know, now starting to come out about and share. Uh, but I did that all the way into my teens. And then when I got to my early 20s, Scott, I was so pulled, you know, into that lifestyle. Um, I had dated D Disney stars. I had, you know, been very much involved, you know, partying, um, you know, doing drugs and alcohol and, you know, living a promiscuous lifestyle. And you, I would have been the last person you ever thought would have been an evangelist or a pastor. And then God did something very miraculous. I went on a, uh, a trip. My parents invited me and uh, went to this Foursquare Pastors Convention in, Hol in uh, Hawaii. And, uh, you know, I just, it was a free trip for me. I was living with my girlfriend at the time, you know, free trip, come to Hawaii. All you got to do is come to one meeting and then, you know, the rest of the time you could be on the beach. And so, yeah, okay, I'll go out there, go out there, sitting in this convention hall, similar to where we are right now, you know, similar type of thing. And all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord fell upon me and I couldn't deny it. I was sweating. I, I got up out of my seat. I went outside and literally at that moment, I felt like the latter rain. And, and it was, a, it was a moment of decision in my life. I knew that I had encountered God. And he said, you know, accept me as your Lord and Savior. And I did. And I got on my knees. And so you would think it would just end there. Two years go by. Now, Scott, I'm coming out of Hollywood. I'm used to being involved in, you know, clubs and, you know, the whole different lifestyle. I go to the church on the way, which is a very conservative church. You know, people are still wearing suits and ties and things like that. And honestly, I couldn't make any Christian friends. So I had given my heart to the Lord. But I was still kind of drawn to my old lifestyle because you tend to glorify it sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and then the enemy starts telling you like, oh, you know, remember how good you had it and everybody loved you and you had VIP and now you're sitting here, you have no friends, you're bored, you know. And, and the Christians don't accept you. So I was in this limbo period, right? 
And so it was hard for me because I hadn't made any really solid Christian friends. In fact, I would stand in the foyer of the church, and this is no disrespect against the church. It's actually a great church. But, you know, literally would stand there and no one would even say, other than the greeters, thank God for the greeters. But no one would come up and talk to me. And so I just felt really awkward and, you know, kind of was trying to understand who I am. But yet I did know I had this encounter. So here's where it gets crazy. About two years into this thing, I, I decided to go back and hang out with a group of my old friends. And it's in Granada Hills, California. It's about 11 o'clock at night. I had left the gym. And I go into this apartment complex. And this is, the I'll never forget this. A man that I think was on some type of drugs. I think he was on crystal meth or something. The, the door flings open of this apartment. And a guy runs out with a kitchen knife, very large kitchen knife. And just, I didn't even have time to think. And I could fight. I came from the streets in L.A. and I could fight. But didn't even have time to think. He starts stabbing me, one in the heart, and then eight more stabs after that. Oh my and I'm goodness. literally on the ground. And I look up at this guy and I say, you know, you're going to kill me, man. Like, I'm going to die. You know, and I pull up my sweatshirt and all this blood's coming out. And so I think he then sobered up real quick and realizing I'm going to be a murderer. And this girl screaming that he's with, you know, on the side, she's screaming. So, you know, picks me up, puts me in my own vehicle. He's in the front seat. The girl's in shotgun. I'm in the middle. Literally throws me in there. I'm bleeding and takes me to the hospital in Granada Hills. On the way to the hospital, I'm looking at this guy that just stabbed me. I'm looking at the girl, and I'm like, I'm going to die. It goes into tunnel vision, and all of a sudden, I'm in this white existence. I can't really explain. It's just white, and I knew I was in the presence of God. He said, do you want to live? I heard the audible voice of the Lord. He said, do you want to live or do you want to die? And I said, Lord, I want to live. I've always wanted a family. I want kids. I want, you know, I'm a student. It's not time yet. He says, if you live, you got to do two things. He says, one, you got to tell people I'm real. And two, you always got to be on fire for me. And I said, <laughs> I said, yes, Lord. You know, I was like Isaiah chapter six. You're in the presence of God. You know, I saw the Lord seated on the throne. The train of his robe. I mean, what do you, what do you say? Send me, I'll go. That's all you can say, right? I mean, you know, God is real. So as he, as I say yes to the Lord, I wake up and I'm in uh, that Granada Hills Hospital and this African-American nurse looks down at me and she says, you should not be alive. You should be dead. You lost so much blood. And I knew it was the Lord that spared my life. And I knew it was for a purpose. And so after this, uh, you know, what, what do you do after that? You just, you know, I, I became a minister. You know, I went to Bible school. Uh, and, and the whole journey after that, I mean, the Lord put a strategic position. I got to be with Dr. Jack Hayford for a while and work with him. And then, you know, the college and seminary invited me to lead worship. And, you know, the Lord moved in my life, but it, it was a very uncomfortable season. And I had to reestablish, you know, I had to get healing delivered from all these things that I learned in Hollywood, the way I treated women, uh, you know, my whole perspective, everything. It wasn't just like when I gave my heart to the Lord, it was a season of healing and deliverance. And, and that's gone on for years where he's just continually peeling away layer after layer. And I, I, it hasn't stopped. I mean, he's still doing it. But you know, it, what I know is, is that he's real. And what I know is, is that I had that experience I'll never forget. And so there's people now that try to convince me, oh, you know, you know what you're doing to imaginary friend. I said, there's no way. I lived it. I saw it firsthand. God is real. And I've experienced him, Scott, in so many different ways. Oh, yeah. You know, when, and, and, and it, life is like a series of mountaintop and valley experiences, you know. And, and I think this is where a lot of people are not set up for success is they're told, like, become a Christian, raise your hand, everything's going to be great. You're going to be blessed and highly favored. Well, yes, you will, but at the same time, you're going to have spiritual warfare. There's going to be, because you're really, it's all about our soul, you know, where we're going to spend eternity. And that's what the battle on this earth is. It's about souls, you know. So literally, once you go on to the side of life and your, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're on your way to heaven, there's spiritual warfare involved. But that's because you're on the winning team. 
where before you were like that frog that's slowly boiling, but you're on your way to hell. So it's not going to seem like it seems easier. Right. But it's not, you know, and that's what like when people see what's going on in our world and our nation right now and all these things, like it really drills down to the fact that it's a spiritual battle of light versus darkness. And I really believe God is raising up a remnant. He's raising up voices. A lot of people that have been hidden for a time as this, you know, because this is a time to stand. And it, the reality, I had this uh, very unique experience with the Holy Spirit recently, and the Lord was just showing me, you know, there's a lot of people that doubt, Scott. I'm sure you know this. Oh, yeah. You know, but I was at a, at a Christian university, a bunch of upcoming pastors, you know, people that are uh, literally training to be in the ministry. And, and the Spirit showed me that there was doubt in the room. So like, how many people are dealing with doubt? I'm not even kidding. Like, almost the whole audience in that group was dealing with doubt. So we had an altar call about doubt. But these are... People training to be in ministry. So if that's what's happening there, imagine how many other people are dealing with doubt. So I really believe that we have to come to a place in our life where we understand the reality is that God is real. The reality is that there's a creator of heaven and earth who sits on the throne of glory. That it didn't just come from a big bang out of nowhere. I mean, how much faith, that, that person has a lot of faith if they believe that it came from a big bang out of nowhere. But this is the wrong kind of faith. But the, 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 if we have faith in a creator and we know that there's a there's a, a God of heaven and earth that created us all, then of course he's going to be available to us. We're going to be able to understand who he is as we draw closer to him. And I just tell people, like, if, if you have never drawn closer to the Lord, just try it for a season. See what happens. Because God will never let you down. If you seek him, you're going to find him. You know, if you knock at that door, it's going to be open. Well, the enemy is so good at literally weaving in doubt, yes. to your point, right? So you bring up something, they're like, yeah, we're, we're, cook, we're really good at cooking up like the, the quick wham-bam, like your, your little bit of water, we, we, we give you a little salvation, yeah. I accept Jesus, it's all good, just show up every Sunday, we'll get you re-picked up, throw a few dollars in the offering plate, and away we go. Yeah. What we don't do well at, and that's what I ends up, I think that migrates us to what I call peace at any cost. It's just like, just accept everything, just endure this life. That's not what we're supposed to be here for. We are, we are literally behind enemy lines. Yes. This is occupy the land, expand Come the kingdom, yes. right? And this is where we don't teach the, the warrior, the martial side of, of Christian life. That's right. This is where, when we talk about Ephesians 6.10, Yep. It's 610 to 18. We're talking yep. about the armor of God. In 610, it's telling us that it's coming from the airways, principalities beyond our, our reach. Right. And then we get in here and we go, okay, you're, you're, you're new to Jesus. Well, good on you. And we'll, we'll see you next Sunday. Right. Man, you are getting, the enemy knows you're new to Jesus. You're like, watch this. I'm going to put you through some fire. And if you aren't ready, if you don't understand what it is to put that armor on, you're going to get slaughtered. And then you're going to you're going to drift away from the church. And then you're going to be back in your old ways. And you're going to be resentful because all the promises you were made didn't come through. Yep. I mean, I, I think this is a, an incredible time yes. that we have. In, 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 you know, I, and I'm going to let you comment on this, all this. But I mean, the, 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 the thing that always struck me is when the church said, we're in a post-Christian society. And yeah. I'm like, Excuse me, did God send a note down and say he left? Because the last time I checked, he didn't leave. That's right. You left. That's right. Right? And we got to get back on the ground and light these fires. Yes. Well, so many things, what you said, exactly correct. I mean, you know, I've seen the mega church culture. I've been immersed in the church for many years. Obviously, there's good, bad, and ugly, right? I've experienced it firsthand. The thing is, what the Lord showed me a long time ago was don't rely on man. You know, like don't make an idol of some pastor. Don't make an, you know, obviously there's wise counsel, there's elders. That's all good. You know, I have a bunch of elders and mentors in my life, and I think it's good. Accountability, I'm huge on. But 
we, we have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And that really comes from spending time in the secret place. When you have that day by day, you get to know the Lord. And by the way, faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word. So if you love the word, you're going to, I've never met somebody who loves the word. That's like a not, you know, an unsuccessful person. Right. Everybody that's a lover of the word that I know ends up being a super successful person in life because it's the base construction before leaving earth. God has given us the manual. He's given us the answers. And so as Christians, if we walk, I think this is the devil's worst nightmare is if the church were to understand the authority that we have in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, my goodness, that would be it. Because ultimately, that's what it's all about. So if we start pulling down strongholds and, you know, occupying as, you know, like you said earlier, and, and standing on the word of God, which is truth, and, you know, the sword of the spirit, and use that offensive weapon, every it would be a game changer. And so what would the devil want to do? He wants to make the church weak. He wants us to pull back. He wants us to be super seeker friendly so we can't say anything. You know, I've met pastors that literally say, well, we don't preach on that scripture or we don't talk about that. You have to teach the full counsel of God if you want somebody to be set up for success. <laughs> now, this is true. Right? Uh, absolutely. Now, I, you know, I'd say I talk two scriptures. I talk all the time on this show. They're probably going to roll their eyes. They're like, oh, here we go. And it's like, it's good. But it just, it's always, it's Luke 10, 19, yeah. right? And these are red letter language, right? So Luke 10, 19, behold, I have given you the authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure That's you. Right. And to John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. Yes. And greater Great works days. than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. If those are not true, right. if they are parable metaphor, then Christ couldn't have been the Son of God. Right. Right? Because this is before cross. This is right. And so here we are. That he says it. And it's like, okay, it's red letter language. Yes. So what are we missing here? And, and, and I, I'd love to get your insight on that because it's amazing what, why, how people miss the, how important those two scriptures are truly in giving us the authority to like, look, dude, you can do it all. Yes. Trust in me and through you, I will do all things. That's right. No, it's all about, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, you can move a mountain, right? So right. even the faith of a mustard seed, you know, but it's, it's exactly what you're saying is I think that this is where it goes back to the relationship. You know, it's that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that we are able to utilize and walk in that anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. In Acts chapter two, there was a suddenly, what happened? The Holy Spirit came. That Holy Spirit lives within us. And so there's a word in the Greek that I like to talk about. It's actually kind of a weird word. It's called ekbalo. And what it means is to go out, to cast out, to drive out. Go out, cast out, drive out. And so what we're meant to do literally as believers is, is it's an action word. Go out, cast out, drive out. You walk into the room, when you're filled with the presence of the living God, you're literally able to change the atmosphere. And that's why, there, of course, the demonic will you know, manifest and there'll be things that you'll deal with as a believer. But the good news is that he's always greater, bigger. It's a fixed fight. Satan is a fallen Luke, uh, you know, archangel. And the God of heaven and earth is the creator of all things. It's not even... You know, so we're on the winning team. You know, that's what a lot of people forget. But if we don't pull from the power of the Lord and we don't understand what the word means in the scripture, the truth that sets the captive free, then we're not going to have all the weapons of our warfare. You know, I, oh, this is absolutely true. I mean, we, there is this there is a predominance of guilt that has been peddled by the church, which yes. I really reject heavily because I do not believe that God wants us forever to be mulling around in this guilt of being a sinner. Yes, we are sinners. Right. Got it. Right. But it's, it's acknowledge it. 
seek repentance and stand back up. Yes. And now get up and fight. And when you stumble again, seek repentance. It's a cycle. That's how you grow. That's how a father treats his children. That's right. And somehow we, we, we build this image of the Lord, in my opinion, where we get to a place where it is like God is on us like a thumb. Right. And it's like, that's not what he's doing. He's trying to raise us up, right? That's right. There's a heavy spirit of religion. And I think it kind of reminds me of the Pharisees in Jesus' day. You know, I mean, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And this spirit of religion, and and that is, it's lacking the understanding of the Holy Spirit and the love of the Father and the mercy. Now, you don't want to be a hyper-grace person or anything like that, but, but there is an element of mercy. Like you said... I'm a good repenter. That's really, you know, yes. do I make mistakes? Absolutely. All the time, but yeah. here's the deal is like, I'm not going to stay in that place of repetitive sin. Like if the spirit of God is convicting me, I'm going to repent and I'm going to do everything I can to abstain from that and to better myself because I'm always growing and I'm no better than anybody else, you know, but I really believe like God is looking for Davidic people that are good repenters that have a heart. And you mentioned that key word is repentance, you know, and that was, a word, I mean, the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary and repentance, some of the most powerful things in Christendom and yet there's a large portion of the church that doesn't even talk about it. Oh, and yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and it's amazing. You know, it's just, so tell me about what your mission is right now because how did you end up here? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, you know, so as a child actor, uh, you know, um, I got saved in Hollywood. Then, you know, I, we started the church and we had the church for 17 years in Los Angeles, Bible studies, you know, so, um, you know, people in the acting community were coming to the church, you know, all kinds of really th- cool things that God did out there. Then he moves me out to Nashville, me and my wife, two and a half years ago. We start the Religious Liberty Coalition. It was just totally an act of God. A congressperson reached out to me. Will you start this organization? You know, it's about standing for religious liberty and freedom here in the United States. Now, at the time, it wasn't as big of an issue. I mean, you know, there were some issues, but it was nothing like what we were about to see. So God always knows ahead of time, you know, we had this infrastructure in place. And, you know, I thought when the Lord called me out to Nashville, obviously I pastored all these years. I'm going to speak and be a pastor again there. You know, what else do I do? I'm a pastor, right? Well, God had different plans, and sometimes he has different plans. Yes, he does. And so, um, you know, he just said, Todd, are you ready to be uh, comfortable with being uncomfortable? And so, you know, we started this organization. Then there's a bombing in Nashville. There's a tornado in Nashville. And then COVID hit. So literally, we're fresh in Nashville. All of a sudden, all this stuff's happening. And all we know is that the Lord has called us to start this organization. And then with COVID, pastors start coming under attack. And, and pastors are going to jail for having service in the United States of America. All of a sudden, they're being fined and told by, you know, these local tyrants, you know, they're going to be jailed and, and their power is going to be turned off and police are meeting them on the Wednesday night service. And it was so bizarre. And so, thank God, we were able to help in some of those efforts and stand with Christian business owners and pastors. And so that's just developed into God opening doors to speak. And we have a podcast. And it's just the Lord has, has really had, you know, his plans versus our plans uh, but it's good. And so we're just kind of riding the way. But the true, the true mission is, like, I have a three-year-old daughter. I've enjoyed freedom as a minister of the gospel here in the United States. I want my daughter to have the same freedoms. You know, we, we believe the Lord wants to move a great harvest, revival in this nation. What does that look like? How do we get there? It's through repentance. It's through teaching the entirety of the Word of God. Standing, big deal in standing. What does standing mean? It just, there's so many different things that standing means, yes. you know? Yeah, good. So let's get into that because <laughs> this is where I think people trip up. Okay. Okay. We say stand and it's like, what does that mean? Yeah, okay. So like you say, you, you almost start seeing the eyes drifting <laughs> to the ceiling and they're, right. you know, the, the foot's kind of fidgeting and it's like, I'm, what am I do? I mean, to me, like, first of all, if we understand authority and Christ is moving through us and living through us, yes. when you stand, 
and you're the enemy, you're crushed. Yes. I mean, it is literally, it's like, it's, it's easy. You don't have to raise anything. But standing is also, we have the other sides of standing. Like David, for example, yes. stood. Yes. And I talk about this all the time. How David didn't wait. He stood up. And it's almost the way he, he speaks. He's ahead of the Lord a little yes. bit. You're speaking to Goliath. He's saying, you're, you're yes. defaming my God. Yes. And now I'm going to show you what my God does. And it's through my God that you will learn a lesson. I think where we get the problem here is that the misunderstanding that when we say stand, then people are thinking it means inactive. It means God's going to do all the justice, and all we have to do is sit on and wait and, and go out. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Oh, man, this is a big one. Give me a few minutes. Oh, no, you got it. Let's go. <laughs> you know, there's two groups in our community. You got the, the group that's saying just sit back and, you know, eat popcorn. There's a big show and just do nothing. Okay. Then you got the other side that are saying, Pastor Todd, prepare for the end times. That's it. We're done. You know, there's nothing we can do. You know, so these are like two very different in our Christian community, you know, and so I hear that. Then, of course, there's a bunch of other schools of thought. But if you look at the scripture, there was a time uh, in Second Chronicles 20 where the people of Israel were going to go fight a monumentous enemy. I mean, a massive enemy. But what happened? God went before them and he, he let the enemies fight each other. And then he fought their battle. But there's a thing that people miss in that scripture, and it's that they took their positions. Taking their positions means standing. And so standing, I mean, there's something, obviously, as a believer, we all have the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples of the nation. So if we do just that in America and in the world, we're going to see a massive harvest. We're going to see everything change because ultimately that's what changes things, right? So if we just do that, but... There's also individual calls. Look what you're doing, Scott, with the Bards FM and just powerful. The Lord has expanded your territory and, and people are being equipped and set up for success. And, and they're probably getting more church and, and God from you than a lot of pastors, I hate to say it, but in America, <laughs> it's true, you know. And so it's different things. God is calling his church, his ecclesia, his body for a time as this. And so I know people that have coffee shops that on Friday night they have a Bible study and hundreds of people are starting to show. I mean, they couldn't even fit them in their coffee shop anymore. They had to go get another spot. You know, a mechanic I know, Bible study with men. All of a sudden it's exploding because the Spirit of the Lord is there and they're speaking truth. And so what's happening is, I mean, we know our friend Sean Foyt out there leading the worship in, in city centers around the country when they said, you can't do it, you know. So standing looks different in, in different places, but but it, yet it's standing for truth and righteousness. And, and as long as it's in accordance with the word of God, God has given us different callings. Some of you are nurses or doctors or pilots, and you took a position and said, I'm not going to capitulate. I'm not going to cave. I'm going to be like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. I'm going to stand. What did they do when they were told to bow before an idol? They stood. So standing is simply asking the Lord, what can I do, Lord? And then he's going to give you vision, direction, wisdom. And so, it, you know, it's not super complicated, but it requires us to inquire of the Lord. And that requires a prayer life. I really agree. I'm going to read something to you and, and get your reaction to it. Okay. Um, this is written by an anonymous person and sent to me the other day. I just, I just love this. So bear with, it's about three paragraphs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it says, even... If I were pollinated and fully vaccinated, I would admire the unvaccinated for withstanding the greatest pressure I have ever seen, even from partners, parents, children, friends, colleagues, and doctors. People who are capable of such personality, courage, and critical ability are undoubtedly the best of humanity. They are everywhere in all ages, levels of education, states, and ideas. They are of a special kind. They are the soldiers that every army of light wants to have in its ranks. They are the parents that every child wants to have and the children that every parent dreams of having. They are beings above the average 
for the of their societies. They are of a, of an essence of the people who have built all cultures and conquered horizons. They are there next to you. They look normal, but they are superheroes. They do what others could not. They were the they were the tree that withstood the hurricane of insults that was that uh, the discrimination and social exclusion, and they did it because they thought that they were alone and believed they were the only ones. Be banned by their families and at tables at Christmas. They ne- never saw anything so cruel. They lost their jobs, let their careers sink. They have no money. Uh, had no more money and they didn't care. They suffered immeasurable discrimination, denunciation, betrayal, and humiliation, but they kept going. Never before in humanity has there been such a casting. Now that we know who they are, the best on the planet, Earth. Women, men, old, young, rich, poor, all of the races and religions, they're unvaccinated, the chosen of the invisible ark, the only ones who managed to resist when any everything collapsed that's you you passed an unimaginable test that many of the th- that uh, the toughest marines commandos green berets astronauts and and geniuses could not withstand you are made of the stuff of the greatest and ever fi- ever lived and the heroes born again ordinary men and women in the dark wow wow that's something person's got a gift of uh, art- yeah. articulating yeah. that yeah. it is something and it's true and this is the thing is that if we if we are not able to withstand this, like, you know, I'm not a pastor basher. I love the body of Christ. But, you know, we, we've got to look and say, what can we do better? Right. And right. the thing is, is that if we're able to let a government, a tyrant, a tyrannical government go around the Constitution, which, by the way, that's the law of the land and, and, and literally go around the Bible where it says, do not forsake the assembly together, the brethren, lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. How many people were so quickly to just give up rights? And I understand in the beginning, you know, people were trying to figure it all out. But to the churches that, you know, stayed months and even years, some are still closed now. Think about it. The church is, is the hospital. It's, it's a place yes. where people are supposed to find rest and, you know, come together and assemble as a brethren to encourage and exhort and mentor and have a five-fold ministry gifting flowing and all these things. And so if we can't stand now, I, I, I have to warn people as a shepherd, as a pastor, it's, there's going to be more times like this. They may even be more difficult. In fact, they will. And so are we going to be able to stand when that time comes? And so this is a training. This is our lion and our bear. And for those that were willing to stand and those that didn't, if you didn't, take note and say, what can I do better and how can I be that lion? How can I be that general? Because God wants us to be a people of substance and a people that are planted like a tree that's planted by the water that shall not be moved. And so we want to have a firm foundation. That comes from a discernment of the Holy Spirit where we inquire of the Holy Spirit. We say, is this of you, Lord? And if not, give me a strategy. And he will. And so those that stood, now we're seeing things like what you were saying and many other truth tellers. Now we're seeing, yes, that was actually true. Like, I mean, even the CDC comes out the other day and they say, well, you know, it's about the same, you know, for the, you know, so (laughs) after all that now, you know what? I mean, people lost careers and pensions and, you know, marriages. And I mean, my goodness, you know, and and so where is the recourse for that? Well, I believe that what's been done in darkness is going to be brought to the light. That's what the word of God says. And you can't mock God. And so I believe God is a God of justice. And I would say, hold on, stand firm. Uh, you know, go into the presence of the living God, that secret place, time, I call it the war room, 
that's where we fight the battles here in the ministry is we go into the war room. And I'll tell you, we get a lot of spiritual attack. You know, there's warfare. There's all kinds of things. I mean, the enemy always thinking in new different ways. But every time we see a victory in Jesus Christ, and that's because we've learned. And I had to learn this to be an intercessor, to be a prayer warrior, because prayer works. And, and yeah. Well, I mean, to this point, you just said it. The churches are the hospital. We've, we've lost that. We've gone to an institution of men, which is even worse when we take that down. It's like Luciferian men yep. who built this double-headed thing, yep. right? And it's um, mocking even the, the snake of, that Moses had, right? right? So they've, we've gone to them instead of the church. Yep. So this is where I, now I'll just get your opinion on this because when I look at this, I say, well, this is really God's hand. Think about how profound this is because now you that went that way, you are now injured yes. and you're going to have to be healed. If you continue to go the way of that path with them, the demise is before you. It is showing its face almost every day. Matter of fact, it's showing its face at about 4,000 deaths a day. Yes. If you choose to be healed though, you can be healed. That's right. You have to choose Christ. Yes. And that means repent. Yes. So your thoughts. No, that's the message is exactly what it is, is that there's a, a false hope. There's a false reality. There's a false narrative. And then there's the truth. And once we understand the truth is that there is a God, he, you know, his son died for our sins on the cross. You know, so you connected us back, a fallen man, a sinful man, all have fallen short of the glory of God. But yet through Christ's blood, we're able to be connected back to this holy God and live you know, I'm not talking about your best life now or whatever. I'm just talking about live in, in, a, in a place of rest and peace because he is the author and finisher of our faith. He goes before us. He orders our steps. He's with us even until the end of the age. He will never leave us or forsake us. He gives us the anointing. So I mean, it's like, wow, once you realize what's available and all the tools that he's given us, that we have these at our hand, it's like, you know, not have understanding. you got the whole U.S. Army behind you and you're using like, you know. Like, chopsticks. Yeah, chopsticks. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Wow, you can win everything no matter what you're going through right now, you know? Oh, that's so great. That is so awesome. So where are you going from here? <laughs> Only the Lord knows. <laughs> <laughs> so you you came here and then you're off to somewhere else. Well, yeah, we've just, uh, you know, praise God, there's been a bunch of different uh, events around yep. the country where I know you know just patriots and people of yep. God that are coming together. And, you know, this kind of started when I was kind of working with the Trump uh, faith-based team, and, mm -hmm. and they would say, you know, look, uh, we can't go here, but you can. You're a pastor. Go preach at this church. And, you know, we would go, and it's like what I saw is at some of the state capitals, uh, there was more church happening there. People were yeah. weeping and coming to know Jesus than in some churches. You know, so what I, f I think is happening, and I believe this with my heart, is that God is moving in our nation. He's calling those, the prodigals, the misfits. You know, I, I, I spoke about this on my program the other day, but, you know, there's people that have been gone through horrible divorces and have been ridiculed, and, and they were being abused, and just things that are very difficult life situations, and they haven't been properly addressed in the body, but yet we know that we serve a loving God, a forgiving God. All we need to do, we need to come and repent of our sin, turn from our sin and unrighteousness, call upon his name. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so that's the answer. And don't worry about what somebody says about you or, you know, that we all deal with that. But ultimately, what does God say about you? He says that he's given you hope in the future. Your promise is yes and amen. And he's with you. And so that's the key. And so I believe the church is seeing a shaking, but it's going to be a good thing. It is a good thing. And that, you know, he's separating wheat from the tares and he's, he's, he's purifying his church and, and the hour is late. And so this is the greatest hour to be alive. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally like everything's on fire. Exactly. Right now. So I told this story. I've told this like three times today. I'm going to tell it again real quick because it's for your sakes. But I was on this drive. I was all week long. I'm, I'm out in Oregon. So all okay. week long, oh there's goodness. like 
No, I mean, I mean, that's obstacle after obstacle. Yeah. And I'm, I'm scheduled to leave on Monday. That gets moved to Tuesday. Tuesday gets moved, and I'm like, I'm at Wednesday. And this is thirty hours. Yeah. Finally, I get up Wednesday. I'm like, Lord, I just need your help because I can't get through this. This is like everything I touch just like explodes into something else. Right. And uh, so by the end of Wednesday, everything's done. Yeah. And I, I have a little few last minute things to pack. Seven a.m. I'm on the road. Right. Thursday. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so okay, so I head out there, and Jesus and I are having a great conversation as I go, and I get out to Utah, and so this is now about. 12, 13 hours in the trip, something like that. And, I, you know, like I've, I'm heading Eastern Oregon, and it's double time because they're doing all this road construction. Everything is just kind of creeping down. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So I get there, and I'm I'm tired, and I'm looking at a motel, and I'm doing the calculation. I'm like, if I spend the night, I'm not making to this thing on time. There's no way. I'm going to have to drive it. And I was fasting. So I said, all right. I said, Jesus, I don't even know what to do. And I get this. You want to drive or you want to fa- you want to fast? I said, I'll drive, then eat something. Oh, right. And it was, and it was this literally like, what choices are you going to make now? What what are you here for? And I I love these moments, right? Because we, we get locked into certain things. We we do it ourselves. It's like, I must complete this task. It's like, that's not what I asked you to do right now. I asked you to get to here. Yeah. So we end up having this drive through Wyoming. It is the most awesome drive ever. I've got, I don't know if you've listened to Shane and Shane. Shane and Shane's playing in my ear. And I've got that through the whole drive. I've got all my lights. My Jeep is all like off-road right. So I'm going down the road in the highways of Iowa or in Wyoming. And I'm lighting up the entire valley with these lights. And I've got the moon above me. And I'm like, we're bringing light to this world. And it was there. And it's like, it was just this most amazing moment when when you're enjoying that moment with Christ. And he's sharing it with you. And, and the Lord's there. And you're like, this is really it. And, and I'll tell you what, I've, I have never had a drive like this that was so, the only, except for the last 30 minutes, which was painful because I knew it was on the other side, which is the hotel room. <laughs> it was seamless. Yeah. 30 hours right through. He gives you the strength and the endurance. That's what's so, you know, anybody that's tired, they say, Pastor, you're all over. How you do it? You know, it's only the Lord because honestly, you know, I need more sleep, but God is good. He gives us the strength. I love your story because that's exactly, you know, there's, this is God's country. Yeah, it is. You know, and and we had to occupy, we had to take back the territory for the kingdom of God. That's what you're doing and speaking truth over the airwaves and, and waking people up and exposing, and you know, it's, it's way, I mean, think how big that is, you know, and, and uh, can I say one thing? Yeah. I know there's some people that are listening and you are awake and you have a spouse that's not awake or you have a son or a daughter. Oh, this is good. Please. I want to, this is good. Go, go. Yeah. I get it a lot and people say, why am I the one that God woke up? So the Lord spoke to me on this and, and I, when, as I saw you driving with that light and I, I was literally seeing the picture, you know, and it's like, um, you know, but, but this is to other people that are out there that are standing and speaking truth. And, and, you know, a lot of us feel alone sometimes. That's what they want us to feel like is alone. But what God said is you could be one of two people. Because I asked him this. I said, why did you wake me up? Why did you put this passion inside of me? Like what? You know, uh, you know, because sometimes it's like a lot, you know, it's like you got a lot in you, you know. And he said, well, here's the thing. You could have been the person that is still asleep. He said, you could have been awake or you could be asleep. I'm not talking woke. I'm talking awake. Okay. <laughs> I make the same distinction. <laughs> Keep going. It's good. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, he says, you know, you, you could have been the one that's asleep, but I chose to, you know, for you to wake because I knew that you would say yes. And because, you know, I, I called you by name, 
you know. And so anybody that's hearing this right now, you've been called by name. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. And I believe he's calling people in this hour. And so I don't want to be the person that's in deception and having my head buried and being asleep. That's the alternative. So as much as it seems like a heavy burden sometimes to be the awake person that's standing and you may be like the only one in your family, think of the alternative. You could be listening to Rachel Maddow and thinking that's the truth. But let's do this even a little deeper. Let's, let's go into the relationship where you have the person who's walking with Christ and the other one's on. like, mm. yeah. so take it. No, it's that this is it. So it's although there's warfare and it's sometimes lonely at times. I mean, you know, it depends on where you are. But I know a lot of people that say to me, Scott, I can't find a remnant church in my community. I can't find a community of believers that actually understand what's going on. So it can be lonely. But again, we have the power source. Like, you know, your cell phone. And it's like after a while, it runs out of power. Right. I mean, that's what happens, you know, unless you have like all these amazing little gadgets that I try to bring with me. But still, <laughs> it still runs out eventually. Yeah, OK, does. but see, we have the plug. We have the we have have the power source and so when we're feeling weary or beat down or we need we go into worship we get alone with the lord we spend time in the secret place and what happens every time he recharges us he strengthens us in our faith and he gives us what we need to complete that next day and then he gives us the manna he gives us the the encouragement that we need and even paul says he encouraged himself in the lord and so that's the thing is we have the power source think about that and all everything that god says in his word is truth and we have that available to us. So, I mean, it's not even comparable. I mean, you know, in the world, I was I was always looking for the next fix. I was always looking. Yep. You know, I would get you know happy. I'd go out at night at clubbing, and I'd spend a bunch of money, and I'd have a, and I'd wake up, and I'd feel awful, and I'd have to do it all over again, and I'd be depressed, and you know. We have the ultimate void filler in Jesus Christ. Is there's no lack? <laughs> that's beautiful. You yeah. know, there's no lack, and it's it's not it's not fake. It's real. Yes. So that's the difference. You know. So hold on and remember, you're on the winning team, and we gotta act like winners. You know, we gotta we gotta understand. Not only are we on the winning team, but we win. We win on this earth, and we win in eternity. Our name is written yeah, it, in the it, Lamb's it, Book of Life. You know? yeah, it's a big one. It's a big it's one. Like, what you know? It's like I talk about the parable of the poor rich man. Yes. You know, it's like, dude, you screwed up. I mean, like <laughs> seriously, right. Jesus not only not only did he like offer. I mean, he was telling him what to do. He was offering him. Yes. So you know, I compare that to when you know, Master, Master, where have you been? We've been looking for you, and he's down praying. Right. And Jesus is like, let's move on to the next village. He didn't see anybody there. No. Nope. Nobody was there that caught his attention. He just, I gave them what they needed. And of course, later he talks about the parables and what they mean and how the disciples are supposed to figure them out. And, yeah. you know, like not everybody gets the word. Right. Here we got this young, we have the young rich man. Yep. And he's literally offering him a chance to walk with him, with the disciples. Yes. And dude, you can't sell your stuff. I Like that would be one of those later in life's going, wow. Yep. Like I kind of screwed up. It's like, it. no, you missed the, you missed the whole gravy train right That's there. That's right. That's right. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people think it's the things of this world or they're comfortable. And that's another reason why they don't want to step out or stand is because they're super comfortable. But that comfortability is not going to get you anywhere because you can't take these things with you to eternity. You know, the only right. thing you're going to take is souls. That's it. You know, yourself and souls, you know. And so that's why that's the mission. And when you make it about souls, this is the coolest thing. If you're lacking in finances, if you're lacking in any area, if you make the mission about souls and you take it off of all the other things and yourself and, you know, what purse do I need to get this week or what new shoes or, you, you, you know, I'm not saying that stuff you can't do, but, you know, we make idols of a lot of things in this. Earth. But if you make it about souls, all the other stuff comes. 
you know, all of a sudden you'll see financial breakthrough. You'll see because you're about the Lord's business. Yep. And if you're about the Lord's business, he's going to bless you and open doors and give you great favor. I mean, I tell you, I, I live on the, the end of like civilization. There's cows moving across my property. Okay. But God has done more in Nashville when we're in the middle of nowhere than he did even in my younger years and in, in ministry, because you know what? It was an act of obedience where when he said something, we were willing to do it. And he blessed us as a family for that. And so I just believe if, if you get an unction of the Holy Spirit, if the Lord's speaking something, you know, do it. If God has put it on your heart, and it, you know, mount the two more witnesses, my word will be established, you know, do it. And step out in faith and step onto the water and see what God does. I'm telling you, we have the creator of heaven and earth. Just think about who we got on our side. He calms the wind. He calms the sea. I know it looks crazy in the world right now, but again, we're on the winning team. We absolutely are. Well, here's the thing. This has been a great interview. Thank you. And in a normal show, which we're going to kind of finish, finish the way I do a normal show, because we're going to take a break here in a minute, we always close with a prayer. And I'm going to give you the prayer today. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you, Scott. Well, first of all, just enjoy. I mean, you can always tell when there's a fellowship, and so, yeah. you know, it's very easy to understand through discernment. So thank you for what you're doing, and I just appreciate you. So let's, let's go ahead and pray. And if you're listening right now and the Lord has been speaking to your heart, I just want you to know on my best day of preaching or ministering or speaking, I can't make you feel what you're feeling right now. And so I just I believe that there's someone listening right now that today is the day. You've been kind of flirting with Jesus and kind of flirting with uh, Christianity, but you, you realize this is a true battle. This is reality. And I believe God is pulling you out of, of a lifestyle of sin. And so if that's you, just wherever you are right now, if you would just uh, repeat these this prayer. This is just a salvation prayer. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I were to die, if I were to get killed, if Jesus were to come today, I'm just not sure I'm on my way to heaven, but I want to make sure. I want to pray that with you right now. So uh, just repeat this. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Today is the day I give my heart and my life to you, and I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to I wanna just tell anybody that just prayed that, you know, I know Scott will give you resources, reach out, uh, but, you know, we, we just believe that you've stepped out of uh, darkness and into life and life with Jesus Christ, you know, and that's powerful. Now, one more prayer for everybody else listening. So we just want to thank you, Lord, for this time. And, and we just thank you that there are like-minded remnant believers around the world that we are many. And so like my friend Mario Murillo says, you know, I can't even call it the remnant anymore. That's probably the truth. There's so many. And, and so, Lord, we just want to thank you for what you're doing upon the earth. You're not done. You're not done with our nation. You're not done with us. And so we declare and decree in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we will say yes to the call. We will stand. And Lord God, we pray that you take back this nation for your kingdom and the glory. And Lord God, that what's been done in darkness will be brought to the light. And Lord God, I just pray encouragement over everybody that's listening that you're not done. I still believe, Lord God, you're going to move in a mighty way, and we know it because your word says it. So we thank you for the cross, and we thank you for the blood that was shed, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. I'm going to tell you what. We're going to be back on the show. Come on, man. Because that's awesome. And you're in Nashville? Yes, sir. All right. 
So we're going to get a talk because on my loop back on my Paul Revere ride, if you're in Nashville when I come back, yeah. I'd love to swing by and see you. Come on. I'd love that. So that would be great. So I, I think this is this is one of these blessed meetings, and, and I just I love it by the way God works. I do too. And it's it's been like this it's since I walked in here. I mean, well, <laughs> no, since I jumped in my Jeep. Yeah. You know, and it's like we're taking the ride across the nation. So it's really awesome. Great to talk to you. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate thank you for what much. you're doing. I appreciate well, you, man. Thank you, man. It's awesome. So God bless you. God bless you. Okay. And right. we will talk soon. Okay. okay. Sounds okay. good. Okay. Patriots, that was Pastor Todd Coconado. And I'm telling you, what a what a firebrand. Enjoyed every bit of that. I hope you did, too. And it, it's, it's fantastic when you, you know I do a lot of interviews. So what's really great is when you get to sit across from somebody and literally have these interviews face-to-face and you can really feel the expression it's it's not like i've done them on zoom i've done them on on just audio but when you're literally sitting face to face with somebody and you can feel that power of jesus moving through people and that power of the holy spirit it is it, it's palpable and it was palpable here i mean i would tell you it's surprising i almost expected the ceiling panels to start falling down it was so good so that was that was fun and i hope you enjoyed it very much So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it. See you.
You are. 